welcome down to Margaret Bonanza's Anti-Mask Bonanza. Here at this Bonanza, we don't believe in masks. We believe in freedom of expression and choice. Every citizen and every individual has the right to wear whatever facial gear and non-facial gear they have equally. Ma'am, what kind of non-facial gear are you wearing today? <laughs> well, let me tell you there, Joan. I it's have Margaret, been wearing... Please. Uh, right, Margaret Joan. That's your name. Uh, Margaret Mananza. And- this is Margaret Mananza's anti-mask Bonanza. Did you not read the sign? <laughs> well, I tell you, I didn't read the sign. You know why I didn't read the sign? Because I am wearing dark glasses, not sunglasses. Let me tell you about okay. dark glasses. Completely can't see anything in them. That's what okay. they do. Uh, right. They're dark glasses, uh, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. They don't mm-hmm. cover my nose and mouth, and so I'm keeping my freedom. Ah, yes. I see. This is this is what we promote here. What we promote here is don't wear a mask because it takes away your freedoms and freedom of expression. If if I can't express myself through my choice in clothing or non-clothing, I just want to be clear. (laughs) Exactly. Be my right. We can go a step further. We can go a step further, and I believe that we should not have to wear clothes. And so I'm just going to strip down right here uh, in this in this store uh, to express you know what? my personal you, freedom. Everyone, everyone, this is a clothing optional store now. I like to, wow, to introduce taking off their clothes. <laughs> I'd like to introduce the Bonanza Bonanza's first and un- unadulterated uh, store. What a wonderful place it is. You shouldn't wear a mask. You shouldn't wear clothes. You shouldn't wear anything. You should be nude and have just nothing going on. The less you wear, the less the government can constrain you. They can't they can't grab at your underwear if you're not wearing underwear. It's how of you course. run faster. That's you can <laughs> That's how look, you run. <laughs> if you That's if you, you want to tackle cops. the government if you want to <laughs> tackle the government, you got to make sure you've got the least amount of things t- weighing you down. Yep, absolutely, Margaret. <laughs> that's hey. That's who are those strangers here. that have nothing to do with this over there? Yeah, I have no idea who those people are, but like, you should wear a mask. <laughs> Everyone should should be wearing masks right now. We are still in a pandemic, and honestly, like, I don't even know how y'all are going outside. It is smoky as hell out here. Oh well, you know what Smokey the Bear says. Burn it down, motherfuckers. Ah, <laughs> uh, renowned arsonist Smokey the Bear. <laughs> Do you want to see why they call me Smokey? <laughs> Throws a fucking doobie into the woods. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, basically. <sighs> Woohoo. Uh, also, my name's Claire. Hi, my name's Brianna. This is a podcast. We do cravings. We make jokes on it. Wear a mask. Uh, did you see the uh, Paul Rude, Rudd, whatever his name is, video where... His, pa- his name is Paul Rudd, but now it's Paul Rude. <laughs> tell me about Paul Rude. Oh, God. You're not talking about that video. Fucking The, the really, one. like, hello, fellow children. Um, uh-huh. But, like, talking at millennials because uh-huh. millennials, which is an age range of, I believe, now 20 to 40 let's be let's be real here millennial the millennial age range is 10 to 60 at this point i think (laughs) i don't think anyone knows what the fuck millennial means anymore millennials don't get 
older, the age range just grows in both directions. So eventually everyone's going. I mean, but it's true because eventually everyone will be a millennial because we will all be born within the new millennium. But ironically, uh, we are not. We are of the past millennium. So really what millennial, millennial is going to take on a new meaning. It's going to be, I am of the new millennium. I am, I am, I am revolutionary. I am of the new millennium. Yeah. The last of the, the non-millennials will die out and it will be all millennial all the time. (laughs) Anyway, so that video, his just like breakdown of please just wear a mask was so, it was so corporate of a, I I just lost it. I was like, oh, this is like amusing. Mm-hmm. I know it's cringy. It's amusing yeah. to me. So I can only imagine what someone 10 years younger than me thinks. Because, you know, uh-huh. people 10 years younger than me definitely probably think I'm cringy. I hope that I hope that people 10 years younger than me think I'm cringy. <laughs> right? Same. I hope, I hope, I hope a 15-year-old hope. looks at me and goes, that noise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Basically. Agreed. Um, Which I think just me saying that is like, ooh, ooh, you're talking, you're saying mean things about teenagers, which just to be clear, I, you know, respect the youth. They, their opinions deserve to be heard. But also, we were all 15 once. We know what being puberty was. I, I've been 15 twice. Look, I've gone through puberty twice. I know what being (laughs) 15 twice is like. We're, we're, we're trans. We have had the most extended teenagedoms of all time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So the thing that comes with puberty is a lot of cravings. So to save us from this, do you want to give us your first craving? So as we all know, as we all know. All of us. All of us know, who've been listening to this podcast, know that I've been on a star wars binge and it has brought up a particular <laughs> specific craving and it is not actually about star wars um okay. it is a more general craving you know when like a character that you recognize and another character that you recognize and they're from like different things and then they cross mm-hmm. over into the same thing i don't know why i love it i love it i crave it i it like <laughs> gives me a flash of dopamine to be like oh i know that character and i know that character but they were in different series and now they're in the same series or oh uh, and they're in different things because we've also been doing yeah me and some friends have also been doing a godzilla watch and that's a great one in which like the kaiju show up in each other's movies often and so like it's really just i i love when i see two characters that i recognize and they interact and i'm like oh ho 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 I understand that this is basically the thing that Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has like built its fortune on. Um, <laughs> and so I recognize that it is uh, a, a baby, a, a desire for it is a it is a is a baby thing that babies love. Um, <coughs> what? <laughs> let me rephrase that. I understand as a, as a that certified a baby. I love I, I love when people is, uh, interact with each other. As a baby, I love watching my parents cross over from their respective genres. (laughs) I understand that it is a a cheap tactic used by large Mm -hmm. corporations to get people invested or interested in a thing that by itself isn't very good. Cough, cough, Avengers movie, all of them. 
I mean, arguably, it is also just a thing that widens your target audience, like Smash Brothers. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things that do this, and every time something does it, I'm like, yes, ha, I love this. (laughs) Now this, oh, love, love this. And so I recognize that desire in myself, and uh, I crave it. I crave it often. A while ago, you told me about a podcast you wanted to do. Does this, uh... Does this come from that podcast? I guess it... Oh, I guess, yeah. We haven't recorded an episode in a bit, and we're still figuring out how exactly we're going to do that. But um, but yes, there was... there. Yes. Uh, it definitely does fit in that thing in which we were like, hey, me and, me and a friend of mine who maybe this podcast will be released someday, we'll see, um, basically put characters from different universes. We randomly roll which characters... And then we write a crossover fic with just a bunch of them. And so it absolutely is. Yeah, that desire is in there. Do you want to speed? I was going to say speed run that right now and see how that goes as a solution to this craving. Um, God, I don't know how we would do that. The pool of characters that like me and this other person know are going to be different than the pool of characters that you and me know. I mean, I'm just going to type in random cartoon character generator. All right, so you want to know the six characters that I got? Tell me the six characters you got. This is the new. This is the new uh, team. So of course, at the head of the team is is Superman. We're going back to comic books. You were mentioning Marvel. I think Superman is where the normal starts and ends, um, because the next person is Aladdin from Aladdin. How old just is him. he? He's a teenage boy. Just him. Just him. Not the. Just not uh, anyone else. Um, Who else would you need, you know? Right? Well, well, one other person that we'll need is Jiminy Cricket. From, I, I believe... The, uh-huh. I need you to understand that Jiminy Cricket <laughs> was, in fact, a character who did, in fact, come up in, like, one of the first two episodes we recorded. Let me tell you. Great. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Jiminy Cricket is part of this elite squad. Do you know who else is part of this elite squad? Lenny and yeah. Carl from The Simpsons. Who the fuck are they? Really? Okay, I need to send you an image, clearly. I I don't... I've never seen the fucking Simpsons in my life. Here. Like, the Simpsons has been around where, like, you will recognize these characters, okay, probably. I, I can see them. I okay. see them. All right. Uh, I've seen so them. I don't know anything They're people that them. go to a bar. Basically, that is their thing, is they go to the bar. Okay. I'm sure there's more. There's, like, what, 30 seasons of The Simpsons at this point? Sure. I'm sure they've done something else. Uh, then there's Randy Marsh from um, South Park. Oh, God. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was just a father. And this uh-huh. is possibly my favorite. Is Ren and Stimpy. Do you remember Ren and Stimpy? I never saw it, but I know I also, Ren and like, never are. saw it. It's just, this is, like, the worst crew. This is, like, this is a, a, a boy. Yeah, yeah can, a we get superhero, a, can we get fucking cricket. Rick and Morty in here or something? Like, that's... <laughs> That's what this crew screams to me is there should be Rick and Morty in here and there well, maybe should, we I should don't just, know. Maybe there should be, a, um, uh, you know how in Rick and Morty there's more than one Rick no. or whatever? Um, sure. Yeah, I, 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 I watched it. it until, um, I don't actually remember at one point. It was amusing until the fandom yeah. <clears throat> was, um. Like that. 
like that. Yeah. And so he he turns himself into a pickle famously uh, at one point, but also there's like alternate <laughs> universe. Or infamously. <laughs> yeah. But yes. Yes. And also there's just more Ricks. There's like an old, like there's a council of Ricks. This is a whole thing is there's a council of Ricks and the Rick that oh this show is based around has been like excommunicated from this council of Ricks for being too shitty anyways what if it was just like that but with a different character where it was just all the same character but from like different what if it was just every mario from every mario game you know that new mario yeah coming out the mario Mario 3d superstars yeah all stars what if it was just you could play smash brothers but it was just every different mario (laughs) So there is someone right now who is playing through, I believe it's Mario 64 on every single console it's been ported to. Um, Great. Uh-huh. And so that's 16 different, uh, like, Jesus. platforms. What? Um, and, yeah, um, and it's that, I, so, yes, absolutely, uh, crossover of just every single version of Mario. <laughs> I also um, thinking about Mario 64 just quickly. I was reminded recently that with the new the new game coming out with Mario 64 on it, I was reminded that there was a re-release with better graphics and more like characters on the 3DS. Uh-huh. There was. Anyways. Yeah. The person, by the way, who is doing uh is doing this thing that I mentioned is Orchestra on Twitch. To make it interesting for you, what if it was just all of the Darths from Star Wars. And you know how there can only be one, right? There can only be one Darth. What if it was all of them? There's actually, there can only be two. <laughs> That's right, there, the rule of two. The rule of two, right. But I mean, you know, there can only be one master. There can only be one apprentice. It's what true. if they were all master? What if everybody master now? I mean, here's here's an alternative <laughs> way to do this crossover. I have another way to do a crossover. What if we did character crossovers and it was just mm. different character types that all had to be the same type of character from all these different series just in the thing together. Like, they, the we, same, like, character trope or type okay. but as it appears in different series, right? Like, the nerd or, like, the coward, right. the yeah. jock. It's it's that. It's like, it could be, you know, with the, it's the Council of the Ricks type thing in which it is... Every, not just every Rick from Rick and Morty, but every character in a thing who is the same character type as Rick. Um, How do we in decide what Rick's world case, they're I think, in? is... Sorry? How do we decide what world they're in? Oh, they're in the trope world. The trope world? Yeah, you know, the trope dimension. <laughs> uh-huh. No, it's a dimension I don't we've actually. built exactly for this purpose. Great, okay. It's a space between worlds of sorts. In which different tropes, you know, all that's where the tropes come to meet, you know? They have um, tea together. Yeah, it's like, if you wanted to make it physical, it's like, it's in TV Tropes somewhere. It's somewhere in TV Tropes. <laughs> it's on the TV Trope database. It's in the TV Tropes <laughs> database. That's where they meet. Okay, if you had to get, like, a character type um, from all the different things that you like, right? A common character type <sighs> between them. What would be the best option and the worst option in terms of the like best you one. had to like the best one and the worst yeah. one are the same because it's uh the murdered queer from Bury Your Gaze trope because God. they're all alive now. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but also uh-huh. we all know what's going to happen to all of them. Yeah. I yes, agreed. Though a thing that I've learned in baseball recently, maybe necromancy's not a good idea. Um Uh-oh. That's fine. <laughs> 
basically the fans brought a character back from the dead. Now they've been uh, pitching balls. And whenever they hit someone with a ball, that character uh, has a chance of dying, of being incinerated by an umpire. And so now there's a league-wide oh. uh, series of deaths happening because we <laughs> did a little bit of necromancy. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, so necromancy is a good idea. Um, you know that the developers of that were betting on this, right? Oh, I, I think, I think they like at the very least when they saw the option appear, um, mm-hmm. when when they saw that people were trying to make this happen, they did start tweeting. Are y'all sure you want to do this? <laughs> this is great. Um, uh-huh. I would like, uh, yeah, okay, I've made a decision. I would like to bring together all the chosen ones. Oh my god. Um, Oh my god, that would be insufferable. It would be absolutely insufferable. um, (laughs) And they would probably destroy each other because they would each be claiming to be the chosen one. They'd be like, no, I'm the chosen one. No, I'm the chosen one. No, I'm the chosen one. And then they'd fight. God, there's a great... I mean, you should... Have you played Wandersong? I have not, but I... It's a very good video game. It it explores the trope of the chosen one. Very well done. But Uh the chosen ones. Tell me, Tell me about... Why would this scratch you, this itch of yours? Because I don't always want for it to happen like, oh, all the characters come together and they all think each other are rad. Um, That's fun, Mm -hmm. and I like that. But I also kind of love the idea of all of them being forced to reckon with the fact that they're not the only chosen one. And I also just think of, like, different... Just the, the kind of the different ones and how strange it would be. Um, I wouldn't want to be there. I would want to watch it. So the the question comes up, like, who are they chosen by, right? And for each of them, it's like a different entity of sort. So do we have to bring in that entity too? And then, like, do these entities, like, what happens with these entities? What we're now doing is Taz Amnesty. Um, (laughs) The entities, I don't know, I guess they would. Yeah, I guess they would have to fight. Oh, okay. Would they not just merge? Oh, God. Okay, here's the thing. Here's okay, here's it. Here's it. Here's the amalgamation. All the chosen the this amalgamation and it will choose one. Oh my god. Of all of the chosen ones. We've we've made Hunger Games. It will Games. choose one of them. Or or the anime we, that Hunger we, no, Games ripped off. Battle Royale. No, we've, we've made Battle made Royale. A really good way to eliminate the chosen one trope forever. <laughs> oh, okay. When you get chosen, is it like you fight to the death and you are the chosen one? Or is it just like, we're going to put 20 of these chosen ones in a house and like once a week we're going to vote one contestant off and the final person is the chosen one. The idea of like a a popularity contest for the <laughs> chosen one is extremely funny because most chosen ones would lose so fast. <laughs> I just love, I've never watched like, like a TMZ Big Brother or, or whatever show, uh-huh. but I love, I want that format of just like insufferable yeah. anime and and like cartoon and even like live action heroes and, and shows uh-huh. and ones. That would be great. This is exactly what I'm saying. You see now, you see now the <laughs> You're right. appeal. Uh-huh. This is yeah. this is the itch. Listen, it's always cool when it's like, oh, yeah, I love this character in there hanging out with this other character. But I also love when I'm just like, ugh, all these characters are boring to me. But then they're facing (laughs) off against each other. And then it's fun. Mm -hmm. 
sometimes you want to cheer for a winner and sometimes you want to cheer for a loser, you know? Who, I can't even think of like chosen ones off the top of my head. Who's in this? Uh, Harry Potter. Mm, he, he's going to go. He's going to go pretty quick. she um, I mean, like Adora, I guess. both of them. They can both be, they are literally both technically chosen ones. Um, mm-hmm. All the all the chosen ones from Taz Amnesty, of course. Uh, Buffy, I guess. Is Buffy a chosen one? Buffy seems Buffy has made, like, Buffy. Buffy is basically a chosen, right? Like, we can probably construct Super Hulok, right? I think they're all chosen oh, by something. Yeah, I think Sherlock <laughs> probably counts as a chosen one, right? Sherlock is chosen by the government. The Doctor is definitely government. a chosen one. There's right, definitely yeah, been... he's chosen by fate. Um, oh, by time Anakin itself. Skywalker. <laughs> God. Holy shit, We've constructed there. the worst TV show imaginable. This is, um, I, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. This is the best TV show. <laughs> I went to the TV Trump's paper for the chosen one, and uh, the picture is literally of Katniss Everdeen. So I guess she's also there. It, um, it, what? Is she? I guess. She's not really. She's not the really. chosen one, as in, like, she's a, she's a political figure. So, yes, she is yeah. chosen to be, like, a symbol. So she is chosen. That's also true. What do you... What? What? Uh-huh. <laughs> I went to... The teacher space was chosen when I looked at all of the different subheadings, right? Like, anime, manga, comic books. And I was like, mm-hmm. myths and religion. Oh, no. <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> Jesus Christ means Jesus the anointed one. Christ doesn't mean yes. anointed this Christ oh given name. God. This is, seems to be implying that Jesus Christ is a chosen one. <laughs> he is. It's he is. Uh-huh. He is he oh. is though. And he has to be in he the is. Big Brother house. It's him and Harry Potter <laughs> and Super Hulak. Is Sonic a chosen one? Sonic's probably yeah, of course. a chosen one, right? I mean, he was in the in the TV show or the movie. He was chosen um, by that owl that was murdered and we never heard from again and got absolutely no backstory on at all. <laughs> it's fine. That'll all come in the second movie. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog Two Tails, which I've decided it needs to be named. That that's the that's the name. If, if it's not, they're wrong. If it's not, they're it's, wrong. Exactly. Thank you. And then the third one in the trilogy will be Sonic three, three Sonic Knuckles. and Knuckles. Sonic and Knuckles. Sonic, Sonic three Knuckles. And then Knuckles just holds up three arms. <laughs> uh, and then Sonic four, Shadow. <laughs> four oh, Shadow. Every yeah. avatar is a chosen one. Oh my god. There's literally... The Avatar reality TV All show. All of the avatars are there. Um, so so actually, this isn't a real big question of who's going to win if this is a fight, because Kyoshi's there. So, like, mm-hmm. Kyoshi bye. fucking rules. What are, what are she you is, you're right, she is bi. Kyoshi? You, you're right. <laughs> I am right. I am correct. She is bi. I want this Big Brother-esque fucking chosen one show so bad now. You're right. This you, is... get, you see exactly. You see it. Uh-huh. I think Jesus Christ and Harry Potter are going to hook up at one point, and, like, I'm really excited <laughs> for, be... for the Jesus stands to get upset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for the Harry Potter stands to get upset, who I think at this point are crossing over a lot. It's a Venn diagram, and it's all bad. Yeah, it's a Venn diagram, and it's all bad. Right in the middle is just transphobes. <laughs> <laughs> See crossovers. Talk to me about the crossovers you want to see. 
Uh, just anyone. Anyone who wants, who's like, I want to see this crossover. Let me know. Let's, let's chat. I love him. Claire. Mm-hmm. Dost thou crave? Um, I, I was trying to think of the Shakespearean language to say I do. I, I don't know what that is. Is it just I? I mean, that's one way to say it. Um, I mean, I do also is Shakespearean language. Do you bite your thumb at me, sir? I do bite my thumb, but I do not bite my thumb at you. I know that's exactly. not the line, but it's my most funny. It's it's my favorite. That thing. is the line. I oh, do is it? Thumb, I always think I, I. I know. I remember the exchange, but I always feel like I paraphrase it rather than quote it because it's one of my favorite things to just make a meme out of. A, I mean, there is a little bit more in there of like, is the law on this on my side if I say that I do? Right. No. Anyway, but yes. Yeah. That is Anyways, memes. Quote. Do you crave at me, sir? Crave. I do crave, but I do not crave at you. um so (laughs) so fun fun throwback to earlier we were talking about being 15 twice and one of the things that i feel like like isn't really talked about uh, um and my my craving is the acknowledgement of the effects of puberty uh within queer communities from both inter-community and a governmental like view because brain different okay uh, that's a, that's a big one. That's a big one. Do you want to say more about that and what you mean by that? <laughs> yeah. So one thing, and I do specifically, um, you know, acknowledge that not every trans person is going to go through HRT and, and that, um, also that at this point, some cis people do and have, and then have like realized it's not for them. And we have like, you know, there's now a term called detransing or, or mm-hmm. detransitioning. Um, and that's a whole thing that's hard to, uh, like, you know, I think this discussion is going to evolve as, as, um, this becomes, uh, hopefully easier to acknowledge. But I think the, mm-hmm. the effects of how taking hormones is basically going through puberty again and, Anyone who has finished puberty and being like, wow, um, I'm so glad I never had to do that again. I definitely feel like going through puberty a second time made me realize what was part of puberty and what was just me because I now had two data points in terms of like different parts of my life. Certain aspects does come from like big feelings, like feelings get very intense in a way that is just hard to describe, um, yeah. and, but but you don't have to because most people know what you mean when you say puberty creates the big feelings. The the hardship comes from when you're experience this experiencing this and you have to pay rent and you have to work a job uh-huh. or you have to do post secondary, um, or you like are you know facing financial living hardships, et cetera, et cetera. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, within the community, at least, um, and in, this is why I say intercommunity is um, I don't want to say I don't want to use the word drama because it belittles what is actually happening. Uh-huh. But there is a lot yeah. of trauma that ends up as individuals we bring into our communities and then we end up having to process and sometimes inadvertently process that in unhealthy ways that resulted in, in putting more trauma into said communities that we are a part of and this ends up causing hardships people disliking each other sometimes solutions just not being able to be uh like arrived at and sometimes solutions not willing to be arrived at i want to make a very big distinction there and mostly i want to focus on the latter one there are divisions there are um 
tears, um, another word for fractures, um, <laughs> you know? Yep. And what it ends up doing is overall sucks. And so my craving uh-huh. is I want to, uh, I want to be able to like have this language, uh, that acknowledges this and, and help, helps us get through these things and develop systems to uh-huh. give us a way to, you know, help each other with this while still acknowledging yeah. that sometimes things just cannot be like some breaks cannot be unbroken. I I think about this a lot, not just in terms of puberty, which I think is impactful, but I think like mm-hmm. there's other things also definitely at play here, right? Like, yes, I don't think that in general to like be trans in our society mm-hmm. a large amount of the time is inherently traumatic um <laughs> in which like you live for very many years and feel off and don't understand what's going on and don't really know <laughs> mm-hmm. what the hell is is up with you and then you figure it out and then you transition and that often makes you marginalized in a in a huge way and can induce a lot of different traumas in a lot of different ways and so like there's all of that on top of being mm-hmm. going through puberty again being hormonal <laughs> and like trying to learn in general like what your life is going to be like at, at this point and and trying to do that in community with other people who are also going through similar things um mm-hmm. it's rough how do you try you know how do you develop trust in an environment where all of you are uh, traumatized because you've been betrayed by a lot of people and by society at large for having uh, transitioned or or just in general for being trans? It's tough. And I feel like in general, there does need to be a little bit more just of an acknowledgement that like these processes are difficult and that it's going to put you in a difficult position and that like you will not cannot and should not have to be kind of perfect and have everything figured out from the jump mm-hmm. um and just like to to really hone in on the specifics of the craving surrounding um hormones and 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 whatnot mm-hmm. and uh yes. and, and the puberty effects of this and and how it's very hard to have discussions in the same way not that it can't happen, um, because much of my learning in terms of like radical politics came during, mm-hmm. you know, puberty, my second puberty. But mm-hmm. uh, the ways that I interacted with discussions was from a place of intense feelings and often resulted in inability to have certain conversations. I um, Just to get a little personal was there was like a, a year or two that I cut my parents out of my life because I could not have conversations with them. And, you know, it's still hard. It still sucks. But I at least can acknowledge why they are like this way. And it hurts, but it doesn't hurt the same way. And so I can still be in the same room is like the difference to me versus asking my father to literally leave was a thing I had to do once Mm -hmm. because I could not physically be in the same room with him. Like, it's just the intensity and and as someone, yeah. I, I'm, I truly believe that, you know, co- learning comes from conversations and, and often 
when we're upset at someone, we say, well, why didn't you Google this? Um, and I agree that a lot of like research has to come, like you, you do have to like research things, but a lot of learning comes from communication, comes from conversation. And I think, and this is, you know, my belief and whatnot. I think that intersection of, of that and ha- these conversations becoming more challenging to navigate at least puts a roadblock in the way. It, it, and, and I think acknowledging that roadblock is like the first step to making it over and having and yeah. really going through these hard conversations, which is all to say from a government perspective, I mean, we don't have to think about the government perspective, but I, I think just in short, we treat minors differently, not always for the better um, legally. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes there needs to be an understanding of, of how puberty affects us as adults yeah for sure yeah it's it's difficult with government because there's always whenever you ask the government to help (laughs) you what they do is criminalize you right um, (laughs) or like crack down or become more authoritarian right like as a right as a person on disability um Mm -hmm. in which i have a an income cap on the amount of income i'm allowed to earn um while receiving disability benefits I am I I hear you be like oh yeah maybe there needs to be an acknowledgement of like the ways in which we are in on a governmental level and the mm-hmm. ways that which like puberty affects us as adults and alarm bells start going off in my head yeah um it's tough um, yeah I don't trust you're right because I don't trust the government to do that I guess what I'm saying is I want a government that I can trust to do that. <laughs> Um, because I think, I guess just to like go off of a story of mine, like working alongside within tech, there is a ton of misogyny and not, not to even touch the trans misogyny. There's just a ton Mm -hmm. of misogyny and to, you know, have these very intense feelings and, and acknowledge this working alongside real adults who you expect better from because you are like a young adult who has been told to respect authority in my case is there is a power struggle there in terms of like your feelings and Mm -hmm. the acknowledgement of what they're doing is right. And the times that I have spoken up at work, I have always, I have always been burned always. Mm -hmm. And at least in technology, there is this faux friendship that is sort of pushed upon employees of like, trust your boss, trust your workers or your, like your family, um, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And so you should be able to talk to them. Um, I have had trust issues and I, I still always continue to trust people for some reason. It is as much a flaw as it is a power for me. It has burned me because I have. I have listened to them and I have trusted them and it has burned me. And so I think I can navigate that easier now, just again, reflecting my own personal experiences because this, I imagine, is different because puberty is different for everybody. And that's a thing that we have to also acknowledge as adults. Anyways, those are just my thoughts. I just, I think puberty as adults, uh, puberty within trans community, the way puberty changes the way that we interact and communicate and whatnot as adults um, specifically is just not considered within conversations, right? I think in a lot of our conversations, we consider the way that being trans affects us. But what about the way that being trans and pubescent affects us, right? What about that axis? I just want to, I just want to be like, hey, look, there's another axis to consider. That's all I, that's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. The, the, the thing that I will say 
is I've always found it incredibly difficult and honestly nigh impossible for me to separate the impacts of puberty on a biological level and the impacts mm. of transition on a social level, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. I think a lot about one one of the things that I think is one of the things that I think can happen when you talk about puberty in trans spaces is a weird bioessentialism. Um, uh-huh. The idea yep. that trans men, <laughs> when they start testosterone, um, become more angry, more violent, mm-hmm. um, more aggressive, that sort of thing. And From my experience, is wholly untrue. Wholly untrue. And I think in a lot of cases where it is true, or at least it is perceived to be true, it is as much about that or uh, even less about that as it is about like having a different sort of relationship to manhood in which you are on a kind of social level more easily able to access that manhood. It's always complicated when you're trans in terms of like what can you actually <laughs> access of, of your gender. But like there is a difference in the recognition and in people seeing you in a particular way and what Mm -hmm. you're allowed to do because of how you're seen. Yeah. I mean, there's always the perception versus existence. Yeah, exactly. And, And I think it's similar with trans women in which like, I think a lot about like one of the things that I know I experienced and that I know is very common among trans women is like, you get a lot more emotional and your emotions have a lot more depth and feel a lot stronger and more significant. Um, so it's very common for it to be like, oh yeah, you're just going to cry a lot and be really emotional on, uh, hormones. (laughs) And often that is true. And I think on the one hand, to me, that is, that is definitely the effects of puberty. And it is also definitely the effects of feeling more (laughs) connected to your body and less just completely dissociated all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. and like feeling being able to feel like a deeper sort of joy and a deeper sort of sadness and just in general, deeper emotions um, because you feel more connected to yourself and to your body. And so it's difficult to disentangle puberty from, from those impacts as well. Yeah. And I mean, it's difficult to detangle it from the social impact of, and just going back to Uh a very specific point of, you know, connecting with your feelings uh, of like, you know, the social growing up, at least in like, um, I want to see I want to assume that people, you know, have different experiences. And this isn't going to be true for everyone, hopefully. But for me, and for a lot of people, um, you know, the idea of like, boys don't cry growing up the Mm -hmm. idea of like, do not connect with your emotions, because that is weakness. And the thing is, I was never taught that. I am like one of the exceptions yeah. where like my father specifically did not like was not like that. What well, I learned that from my peers being punched in the face and then crying and being told I'm a I'm a slur, you know, you know? Yeah. that that it's like, oh, you punched me. in. anyways, it's the social aspect on top of all. It's impossible to det- detangle this stuff because it is unique among individuals, which is another thing that is you know, hard to talk about it in terms of like the idea of trans men being quote unquote more aggressive. Um, and then ironically trans women being quote unquote more aggressive as well, um, Mm -hmm. is an individual thing. It's not like, it's never going to be a general thing. There are going Mm -hmm. to be aggressive individuals and like any population, eventually you are going to get unaggressive trans men, unaggressive trans women, as like and those narratives you know will emerge the problem is when those are pushed as the norm and the generalization yes anyways (laughs) um 
on a on a on a related note, I think in general, you know how we all have like really difficult and cringy times when we are going through our first puberty and we're like te- tweens uh, or whatever, and we are just like trying to figure out how to do gender stuff and trying to figure out how to do in general what what looks and vibes we want to give off. I think we also we should just chill out i think we should also get like a secondary exploratory period when we kind Mm -hmm. of start just to coincide with that puberty we can all just like take a couple of years to figure out how to do makeup maybe uh if we want to Uh, if we don't want to we don't have to but i just think that we deserve to have just that period of time where it's just like it's all you know whatever we're all learning and then we go to the other side and we're all good freedom of expression I freedom of expression, but also just generally freedom to <laughs> freedom to not, not be, be judged. very good at freedom to not be judged for not being very good <laughs> at uh, things uh, traditionally associated with your gender, allowing just a no judgment learning period for all of us. I think would just be great. I think we could all use that. It's less about freedom and more about developing empathy in general. Fuck, dude. I mean, yeah. And compassion. Not just empathy, but also compassion. Yes. Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah, I agree. Uh, definitely agreed. Do you have a, a fun craving like this one we just did? Yeah, um, I have one. I have a craving. So I'm in a lot of games. A tabletop mm-hmm. games. You're a gamer? And yeah, I'm sort of a gamer. And um, <laughs> all of my friends work nine to five during the weekdays <laughs> or not all of them uh-huh. but a lot of them do including you who i'm in a lot of games with uh-huh. and i'm kind of running out of weekends so like i just need some uh-huh. more weekends so that i can play more frequently oh, okay. um if i could just get more weekends because here's the thing claire you and i together are in like three campaigns uh-huh. and i don't know yep. if you i don't know if you're aware um but there's only two days in a weekend um, and playing more than one game in a day is just not going to happen. So, like, I Maybe think we for need you. at least one more day. Yeah, okay, Claire, do you want to play all three campaigns in a weekend, every weekend? Uh, y- yeah. I mean, I I do, too. Um, honestly. <laughs> just uh, 12 I, hours? I, 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 here's the thing. I want so desperately to be... I love to play games, and I want to, to like, just be playing games all the time. But it's, yeah, we are limited by the fact that a lot of people work pretty uh, substantial hours. And so, in a way, what I'm asking for is more weekends for tabletop games. And in a way, what I'm also craving is just, in general, more leisure time and less time spent working and laboring. I I mean, you reminded me. I was like, oh, right, I'm playing games this weekend. I have two games, right? No, I'm playing three games this weekend. Yeah, uh-huh. No, but this is the fucking thing. Is like, we, because we are in so many games together, and because we want to play those games often, it's like, okay, which game are we playing this this weekend? Okay, that one? Cool. Let's do another one also the next day. <laughs> and then, okay, and then we'll do the other one the next weekend. And it's just a mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the thing is, so I'm only like, in one game yeah. with you this weekend. Yeah, but look at the next weekend, which is our other two. Mm-hmm. I am playing five tabletop different from different, like, just completely different tabletop stories in the span of, like, seven days. I guess nine. Yes, that's, exactly. That's this how weekends work. This is my work. point. 
but but we need more weekends you're right terms of in the span of seven days it's within four days is that correct right within yeah four days within the span of like yeah five games in four days and that's your entire weekends yeah and, so we and then i more. work five nine to five or realistically like eight thirty to five this is what i'm saying claire we need more time when people aren't working also just because like i don't <laughs> i don't uh i don't work like nine <laughs> to five i don't work at uh-huh. all right now because my job's on hold because of covid mm-hmm. and it's just like y'all are never around so could y'all just because so could we just like get more weekends <laughs> so i can like hang out with y'all more that would be great. I'm like very, uh, uh, you know, I'm open, really. I truly am. So, um, mm. how are we? How are we getting more weekends? <laughs> are we adding a new day? Are we like creating week starts? Are we doing all the weekends like together and then sort of just tackling the weekdays all at once? Like, there's always who needs sleep, right? Like, we could just do some con- <laughs> con- some condensing with. Just drink coffee, tabletop RPGs at like midnight to 4 a.m. work like four hours later. Yeah, exactly. This is what I'm saying, right? It's like, who needs, we don't need sleep. As a species, we don't need sleep. Um, And any (laughs) biological evidence or studies that have been done is wrong because we just don't. Just in general. Uh, (laughs) Just in general, we don't need sleep. So why do we do it? Why do we have it? What if we didn't have sleep and we could just condense stuff down? Five reasons why scientists have been lying to you and that you don't need sleep. The results will surprise you. Click here. God. (laughs) Alternatively, what if we simply advocated for more leisure time and less work hours Mm. in a week? The weekend was a labor movement, like back a long time ago. So we just need a new labor movement. Labor movement too, baby. Let's do it. Labor Tuvement. So, yeah, Labor Tuvement. Here's the fun, 10 fun tips. Unions. (laughs) That's my first tip. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Tip number two. Tip number two. Union Buster Busters. Union Buster Busters. Now we're talking. (laughs) Uh, Tip number three. Big business kill them <laughs> destroy oh, them rip them apart wow just start tearing apart big businesses and divvy that shit up and that's three you of the ten really tips set the, the rest are behind a paywall yeah <laughs> rest are behind a paywall so uh okay yeah go subscribe mm, yeah go subscribe yeah you know that's that's a thing that we could do is we could just advocate for more weekends because people aren't productive the productivity caps at a certain point yeah and also there's Fuck productivity, fuck capitalism. Fuck mon- uh, I was gonna say fuck monarchy. Fuck capitalism and monarchy and and to be the honest, idea ca- capitalism of- is a kind of monarchy. You're right. It's monarchy with extra steps and and time. But, that is uh, always what it was intended to be. Right. I think productivity for productivity's sake, fuck that, but I do I think productivity for community's sake is a good thing. Um, oh yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, you know. Um, was it Karl Marx? It was like a hundred years ago. The prediction was in a hundred years, humans are going to be working like two hours a day because of the amount that technology will grow. We will, we won't have to do labor anymore. And what we have instead done is we've become so good at being efficient that we have just found ways to construct 
more ways of being efficient by putting the efficiency uh-huh. into being more of it. It's a vicious cycle that like I literally was talking to a coworker about today, which is wild that I even talk to my coworkers about this shit and that they are receptive. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I never learn. Infinite you know, growth, I was saying, baby. Infinite growth. It's the it's uh, what's that cube theory of like time cube? Do you know time cube? Can you tell me a little bit more about Time Cube? God, I hope it's Time Cube. I have to Google, okay, Time Cube. Is this a thing still? Time Cube is gone. Oh, fucking no. So to go to the uh, Wikipedia page for Time Cube, Time Cube was a personal web page founded in 1997 by the self-proclaimed wisest man on earth, Otis Eugene Jean Ray. It was a self-published outlet for Ray's theory of everything called Time Cube, which polemically claimed that all modern sciences are participating in a worldwide conspiracy to teach lies by omitting his theory's alleged truth that each day actually consists of four days occurring simultaneously. It is the best fucking thing ever. It is. I'm so sad that it's gone. It is so fucking funny. Like you should just well, read the Wikipedia page. There is a screenshot of it. There oh, is a shit. screenshot of it which says, "I can I read this? Can I read out yeah, this screenshot?" Yeah, please. It's the best shit. Earth has four corner simultaneous four day time cube in only 24 hour rotation. Four corner days, cubes, four quad Earth. <laughs> No one day God. Free speech <laughs> in America is bullshit. Evil educators block and suppress www.timecube.com. You are educated <laughs> evil and might have to kill the evil one teaching educators before you can learn that four corner days actually exist. But all cube truth denied. Dumb ass educators fear me and hide from debate. Which is me in academia all the time. Yo, I figured out the solution. We just need the time cube because then we can do four days every day of the weekend. Yo, eight days of the weekend. It's time cube. It's the best fucking solution. This is great. God. Uh-huh. Shout out to dumbass educators. Fear me and hide from debate. <laughs> Time cube. Four sides. If you like conspiracy theories and like laughing at conspiracy theories, just to be clear, it is it is the best. You know, you got to read the work of yeah. the quote unquote wisest man on earth. You know what? This is the sort of philosophy we need, right? Because like back in the day, we had Karl Marx. <laughs> and Marx is great, but he's kind of old. And right, and like people are now starting to read some of his stuff and be like, "Man, this guy's kind of old." And uh-huh. they're starting to notice that like some of the stuff doesn't seem to be relevant in the same way. And like he was kind of colonialist, and so like that mm-hmm. kind of sucks. And so like yeah. we kind of need someone new. And, and so, so I, I think, think we need we need Otis Eugene yeah? Jean Ray, who's going to yeah, lead us into Otis- the glorious cube. I'm so uh, excited to play four RPGs at once on all these extra days. Please, please, <laughs> need it. I need it. Listen, an RPG within an RPG within an RPG within an RPG. I bet that exists. Mm-hmm. If not, I'm gonna make it. Okay, I'm excited. Sometimes I just remember Time Cube, and I have to go back. I'm so sad that it was taken down. No, the website domain just expired. That's even sadder. Oh, but you can. Oh no, you can get to it by the Wayback Machine. So we're all good. Well, with Time Cube behind us, in front of us, and occurring at the same time twice, 
Oh my god, sorry. I just wanna, I just wanna, like, read this part. Ray spoke about TimeCube at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in January 2002 as part of a student-organized extracurricular event during the independent activities period. He repeated his $10,000 offer for professors to disprove his notions at the event. None attempted it. Damn. I just, I just want, I want to see him be like look they're not even trying it's all a conspiracy this to me is the <sighs> ultimate debate me this is, it that's is right me, that's what that is fucking debate me disprove disprove that there are four days in one day i dare you <laughs> uh-huh maybe we don't need ray just kind of looking at the reception page i don't think we need ray <laughs> gonna, no, gonna keep it real with you i don't know that we need time cube uh, but we can <laughs> laugh at him for sure Mm-hmm. So I guess like Time Cube, this podcast has four sides. And so <laughs> <laughs> And I want to share now I am just sharing a general uh Google image search with you because I didn't there wasn't a one best image to share. Oh good. Um, I'm glad you're so, sharing an image on this on this podcast. Don't worry, because I'm just going to tell you the name as well that you can Google. If you Google the LGU plus smartphone, you will get an image of the best phone that was never created. Because my craving is for the drone phone. What the fuck is this? <laughs> It's the drone phone, Brianna, by LG. It was never created. By the looks of it, it was going to cost $60,000. And you can Can't selfie yourself. Can't imagine why it wasn't created. Yeah, I God. know, right? <laughs> God. Is this what people who thought selfie sticks were cringy but still wanted to use them needed? Yeah, almost certainly. Right? Like, this is the, oh, I don't want to do a selfie stick. I'm too cool for that. Uh I'm gonna have a drone take photos of me instead. And, like, I thought about this, because I was like, oh, you know the logical, like, if drones get cheaper, drones are great for cameras and nothing else. There's no other reason to use a drone. And so I was like, oh, well, you know how, like, phones are basically have taken over the, like, People don't buy cameras anymore. People just use their phones. The next thing is the drone phone. And then I Googled drone phone and I found this. And it was the, it was, I was so happy that someone had attempted to do it. Also, it just looks like shit. It looks like a GPU because they just put the, the fans in the middle of the phone. Yeah, it does. It looks like the fucking fan portion of a, yeah, it looks like a GPU. Absolutely. It's. This is so fucking stupid. I love it. I love it. This is what we've always wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was thinking about this because, like, we play, well, I, like, my campaign is sci-fi. And I was like, what would this planet that is hyper-capitalist, what would they have, right? What would celebriticians, which is the term that uh-huh. we came up with, celebrity politicians, no inspiration whatsoever from real life, uh-huh. how, how would they go around acting? And it's like, well, of course they'd all have drone phones, you know, filming their life 24-7. I feel like it's probably hover phones, right? That's probably the thing. What is the difference between a hover phone and a drone phone? Well, the drone phone... Now, here's the difference. A drone phone flies through the use of a propeller or something along those lines, right? It, like, that type of thing. Something that's, like, a hover phone floats through... 
Uh-huh. It's different. It uses technology that we've not developed yet, but definitely exists. Hover technology, as we know. One day mm-hmm. we're going to discover that sort of thing, energy type thing, that just makes it really easy for everything to just float. It's on every crate in Star Wars. It's on all things in everywhere, and it's just the hover stuff. Brianna, how do you know those crates aren't drones? There's no propellers on them. Have you ever seen the bottom of a, of a Star Wars crate? You know the fuck I have, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, I've watched so much Star Wars. I've seen, I've seen every part of that crate. Mm, okay. I really want a drone phone because it is the I, only yeah. good thing that I can think of for like drone technology to, to become. I think like we could make a stupider design also. Oh yeah. I think I was I think thinking it needs to look stupider. You know how phones used to have antennas, right? We need to bring antennas yes. back, but at the end of those antennas just a circle appears and a propeller. Those just like go on the four corners of your phone and now you have a four corner drone phone, which admittedly would probably work better than this atrocity. It probably would. Because the thing is, right, you need to also be able to, like, get it at certain angles, right? To really take good yeah. selfies. You need to be able to, like, turn yeah. the phone on all axes. I think there's one kind of further step that we need to really make this product, which is you need to be able to control it with your mind. Um, <laughs> because, like, no one wants to carry around a big, like, joystick thing to control it. Right. Because the like, what is um, even the point then? Yeah, what's even the point then? So what you need is a mind link so that you mm. can just make it go wherever you want it to go and take mm. pictures. Is there anything else that you think this phone needs to be the perfect drone phone? I mean, I, I just think it needs to be like really fast, right? I was thinking about mm-hmm. like drone photography and drone videos and, and how smooth they are. One of the things is yeah. like truly how smooth those videos look. I guess there needs to be some shake resistance. The drone uh-huh. phone is earthquake resistant. It's a flying type. It's a flying and steel type and it's immune to ground. Right. Somehow... I what feel if we like make there birds? should be a drone phone. I, I sometimes I somehow I feel like there should be a drone phone Pokemon. Like <laughs> Rotom should have a drone phone. Rotom form. is a drone. Rotom flies around. Oh yeah, I guess he just does that. But I think he needs a propeller. Oh okay. Give Rotom a propeller. You want to unhover Rotom. You wanna you wanna give Rotom it's, a propeller. It's meant to be. It's just mostly cute. It's like a little one of those little propeller caps. Oh, that is cute. I can see right? that. That's uh-huh. really cute. What if the Rome. phone had a hat? Also, I do want to oh. just say, what if we made birds that were phones? There's so many things that I also, because my <laughs> brain was also just, what about a Rotom themed phone? Which I would love. I want that. Uh, two things. First thing, mm-hmm. uh, of course the phone has a hat. Yes, absolutely. That's one of the cool accessory things, the customizable you, you things, could, right? So you can't you could really put have a hat a on a bird on pretty easily. Yeah, you can put a hat on a bird pretty easily. And here's the thing, Claire. As we all know, <laughs> birds aren't real. Birds aren't real. They're, They're all, all just already. already. Cameras. Uh-huh. They are cameras. We just need access. They're taking videos of us. COVID was a conspiracy so that they could <laughs> take their opportunity to change uh-huh. the batteries in the birds. This is a thing we all know. Bird, 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 bird. Bird is a drone. Bird, bird, bird is a drone. So really what we need, I think the the first step here, rather than, oh, how will we build a drone phone? We need to capture a bird before <laughs> it is like replaced a with a flesh bird. 
Well, mm. we need to capture a bird and we need to ensure it isn't replaced with a flesh bird because that's what the government does. If, God forbid, something happens to a bird and you're like, oh, okay, well, I, I guess I better do something about this or whatever, right? And it's bleeding or injured or something like that. And it's because the government has come by in the moment that you looked away and has replaced that bird, the mechanical bird, with a flesh bird. Uh, so birds are real. They just, they're all controlled by the government as well. The bird supply yes. is in demand. So yeah, so there's fake birds and real birds. And the real birds are kept in government warehouses like Area 51. Um, <laughs> whereas the fake birds are all out and about uh, doing surveillance, right? We need to make sure that the bird demand goes up so high that the bird supply can't meet up. Exactly. We then we'll need... catch one for real. <laughs> it's it's incredibly simple. In order to <laughs> In order to create a drone phone, we simply need to increase the bird supply. The bird demand, please. Simple the bird economics. Demand. Sorry. Increase the bird demand and we will get a fucking drone phone. It's simple uh -huh. economics. It's simple. simple birdonomics. So how do we increase people's desire for birds? We give them little hats with propellers on them. Oh, yeah, then everyone will want a bird. We'll be watching all the birds and be like, look at all these birds with hats. Um, yeah, def we just need to yeah. glue hats. Don't do this to every bird. Which admittedly would be a lot easier with a drone. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get a drone. <laughs> okay, so here's the plan. It's we're gonna very get... <laughs> simple. It's very simple. We just get a drone that can like put hats on every bird. Here's the, <laughs> here's the steps. We get drones, which can put hats on birds. We use the drone to put hat on birds to increase the bird demand. Then there will be so many birds that they'll have to let us capture one of the mechanical birds, and then we can study the mechanical <laughs> bird to make a drone phone. And then we saw the drone and the cycle phone. It's repeats. simple. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> well, that's with the drone phone. We can use the drone phone to put ha more hats on more birds <laughs> oh. and increase the bird demand even further so we wow. can make more drone phones. This is a great business strategy. <laughs> you, we were talking about infinite growth earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I found it. I found how to infinitely grow. Uh, do you think there are infinite birds? There has to be, right? Because, like... <laughs> I mean, there's probably a large amount of birds. Our strategy kind of relies on the fact that there aren't infinite birds. We do need a limit to the amount of birds so that they do have to start running out of birds. We need a very large um, supply of hats. Who do you think we will, will sell a million hat billion hats? There's probably a lot of birds. Where should we start? What what place has a <laughs> lot of Google, birds? I'm gonna Where Google are there a, lot a of simple birds? phrase. How many birds are there <laughs> in the world? You'll probably get an answer. Billion. <laughs> <laughs> we simply give Great. every person. This. We give every oh. single person fifty hats. So okay, here's what uh, this mm -hmm. site is saying. Uh, the, right. the out of birds. About ten years ago, two scientists decided to estimate the total number of birds on the planet. I'm glad two people did it. Um, the number they <laughs> came up with was two hundred to four hundred billion individual birds compared that's to five right. billion that's people a big margin this of amounts error. sorry that's a big margin of error but here's the thing this means compared to five billion people which i guess it was at the time that this was taken this amounts to about 40 to 60 birds per person now we know there's more people now and probably less birds if we're being completely honest 
And so, like, let's say it's more like 20 to 40 birds per person. Um, that's really mm. doable. Yeah. I mean, we just have to get everyone picks up 20 hats and you just go to the nearest bird and you put put a put a hat on the bird. Yeah. And we will find all of them. We will get all of them. Inevitably. That is how the pigeonhole principle works. Eh? 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 Yeah. We got to put the hats no, on the is, pigeon and good, the pigeonholes. This, this is a good plan. I, I like this plan. You know, birds don't have to wear masks. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe people are going to think my crippled ass is a fucking COVID denier uh, because of this bit that you've thrown us into. Um, Birds understand that Margaret Mananza has a message that she wants to spread. And it's that you can go down to Margaret Mananza's anti-mask Mananza and you can subscribe to Salt Cravings. Or follow well, us what, at Salt Cravings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I'll tell you what else Margaret Mananza uh, spreads. Nothing else, because COVID is fake. Um, but what she does spread <laughs> is uh, the word. We can't through. do this. <laughs> the, what she does spread is the word through leaving ratings and reviews on her podcast <laughs> platform of choice. Just go yeah. write birds are fake. Just great birds are fake. Listen, you really, if you're like, I don't, I want to leave a review, but I don't know know what what words to say. say. Just write, birds are fake, five stars. (laughs) Um, Nobody's going to listen to this stupid podcast. (laughs) um, What else do we say? You could give us money. I don't know why you would at this point. I think better yet, you could uh, go donate to like black and indigenous trans women across the country. There's probably uh, something I'm forgetting. Oh, submit. Hey, if you want, (laughs) if you want to hear, if you want your (laughs) voice heard, if you want your (laughs) voice heard on this whole bonanza, simply submit. (laughs) a craving to us at submissions at saltcravings.com and we will read it no matter what it says <laughs> that is a guarantee well, we'll, we'll read it no matter what word for word we'll say every <laughs> single word and guarantee <laughs> because we believe in freedom of speech freedom of expression <laughs> and that means repeating what everyone what a person tells you to say and repeating it word for word because if you don't you hate free speech, and you hate Margaret Mananza. <laughs> Welcome down to Margaret Mananza's Anti-Mask Mananza. We're giving out free nudes now. <laughs> <laughs> Come uh, grab your favorite bird and have it take pictures of your new <laughs> form over down at Margaret Mananza's Anti-Mask Mananza. <laughs> we have a variety of hats and a variety of birds. <laughs> <laughs> and absolutely no masks. <laughs> oh.
that one had some of the weirdest energy, uh-huh. I think, in recent memory. Mm-hmm. We you really got thought? conspiratorial, that one. Yeah, look, it kind of worked. <laughs> kind of worked. We had the time cube in there, we had the birds are fake in there, we God. had... Uh, we truly the just did mask. all the conspiracies. Well, we didn't do all of them. We didn't talk about how the moon landing's fake. Or how the, uh... How the uh, aliens built the pyramids. It truly is amazing how many conspiracy theories are just racism. It's kind of incredible. It makes you think that maybe the the core of a lot of these things is, in fact, an inability to believe in systemic racism. Weird. Wow. I like, as I continued reading the time cube reception, because I was like, oh no, what what have I skimmed over and missed? Uh, the like, I'm assuming you were reading the 2004 editorial in the main campus students news body remark yes, upon uh-huh. what it called the site's subtle little racist ideologies, which culminated uh-huh. to Ray describing racial integration as de- quote unquote destroying all of the races. Yes. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, that was that was why I was like, mm, okay, we need to eject. Oh, yeah. I read one. that and I was like, oh, we uh, need to leave now. I did not didn't know about this. <laughs> Yeah, no more, no more, no more time cube. Um, no more time cube. Bad, extremely Now bad. we're doing time sphere. <laughs>